Hey mamas, I'm Alyssa, registered dietitian, picky eating specialist, and mama of two. You're listening to the Nutrition for Littles podcast, aimed at helping you raise healthy, independent eaters. Each week, we will tackle topics like picky eating, mealtime struggles, baby led weaning, and so much more. Let's jump right into today's topic. Hello, hello, welcome back. I'm so excited that you're here. Today on the podcast, we are breaking down a listener question. So for those of you who don't know, every once in a while, I always like to go in and grab a question from one of you, a question, something that you're struggling with in real time in your home with your picky eater and walk you through um, my advice on that and kind of how to think through that or some tips or tactics to take moving forward. And I think these are really helpful because even if if you are right now not dealing with the exact same issue, I think there's just always something we can learn from other people's experiences and, you know, kind of pull out what works for us and what makes sense and apply it to our own situation. Or if you run into this one day, you know exactly what to do. So I'm excited to get into that today. Um, But before we do that, I want to take a second and read one of your written reviews. If you don't know already, podcasts pretty much thrive on written reviews. It's what helps kind of the podcast platform show the podcast to more people. So it's a great way to support all your favorite podcasts is to take two seconds and write them a written review. And for me, especially, I thrive off of reading these. I think it helps me keep going and really reminds me that there's just a real person struggling behind the screen, behind the microphone that I'm, you know, I always picture kind of reaching through the podcast and helping you and letting you know that I see you and uh, that I'm here for you. And I always find that helpful to kind of connect in that way. So thank you for all of you who do leave me written reviews. I also want to give kind of a little Easter egg that no one else may know this unless you're listening right now, is that I'm having a giveaway coming up very soon. And the way that you're going to enter is actually by leaving a written review on the podcast. And anyone who's ever left a written review will automatically be entered. So um, it's just kind of a little a little sneak peek of what's to come. Uh, the giveaway hasn't started yet. No information to be found yet on it, but it's coming. And if you get your review in now, you'll automatically be entered and you don't have to worry about, you know, paying attention to all the dates and all the things. So let's go ahead and read this review from AMW 2587, raising a happy independent, and then it trails off. I don't know why Apple won't let me see the entire title, but um, she said five stars. I recommend anyone with young children check out this podcast, but especially people who may not have the healthiest relationship with food themselves. Hello, first Weight Watchers meeting at 13. You're not alone in that. Um, in order to learn how to break those habits and raise a healthy, independent, and intuitive eater. It's definitely changed the way I approach feeding my son, and I'm so grateful I found Alyssa. Check out her Instagram too. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. And you really touched on something there that I'm super proud of. And what kind of makes me feel um, filled up in the work that I do is it's really not about the broccoli. Like, really, it's not about the broccoli. It's not about today. It's about growing these intuitive independent eaters for life. And sometimes the best advice I can give you is to picture how you want your child to grow up in this world and be as an adult, as an adult eater. And if you don't know already, I actually have another podcast. So if you enjoy this one, highly recommend going to check out the Mama Well podcast. I co-host it with another registered dietitian, Brooke Miller. 
no relation, just redundant, but um, we host it together and it's all about nutrition for moms and our wellness and healing our relationship with food. And honestly, it all goes hand in hand. And so I'd invite you to go over there and subscribe and tune in. But thank you for your written review. Like I said, it means so much to me. So, all right, now let's get back into this topic. So we had a listener question from a mama named Diane. Here's what she had to say. What should I do when my kid stops eating a safe food? Recently, my son stopped eating broccoli. Oh, that's funny. I just used broccoli in the example. Maybe I had it on the brain, Um, which was one of the vegetables he actually ate. And I don't know why. Not sure if I should keep serving it or stop altogether and wait a bit. It's so frustrating to watch. Oh my gosh, Diana, I hear you. It can be so disheartening, especially with like those vegetables, right? There's just something extra pulled to like, hey, they only eat three vegetables, but I've got these three and I'm going to hold on to them as tight as I can. And it's very disheartening when our little ones drop a food that was regularly accepted and kind of something we could fall back on, right? Like, when they weren't willing to eat any other vegetables or, you know, we didn't know what to serve, we knew that this would be a home run. And a lot of times that gives us a lot of peace and solace and knowing that our little one is at least eating something, especially if it's been a few days or weeks or, you know, even a few meals that they've skipped or feel like they're eating next to nothing. Um, And so first and foremost, I just want to say, A, you're not alone. I actually get a version of this question quite frequently. um, And it's certainly something I teach in depth inside of my Table Talk program, what to do when meals are rejected, what to do when foods are rejected, what to do when they don't have a safe food, and how to actually get your little ones to try a new food so that it can become a safe food. So it's certainly something I teach in depth there. But here for the podcast, let's let's walk through kind of how to handle this. very tactically, but also in kind of a mindset shift way of knowing that this is a normal evolution. And even when, let's say, we get to the point of kicking picky eating to the curb, maybe you go through table talk, maybe you don't, whatever works for you, and you get to this place of like no longer picky eating, they're still going to have food preferences, right? These are still children, whole other people who have their own food preferences, likes, dislikes, different taste buds. They're going to differ from us in some way. Now, typically speaking, our kids do follow suit in the foods that we like to eat. They tend to like to eat. I bet that's probably true for you if you look at your parents. Um, At least it's on like kind of the same plane, if you will. Um, So there is some like truth to that. But that being said, they are going to have their own food preferences and foods are going to come and go. And that's not necessarily considered pickiness. That's truly just them learning their own body autonomy and learning what they do and don't like um, and what they actually enjoy. So just knowing that can be really helpful and knowing that it is normal to cycle through safe foods, enjoy some foods sometimes and not other foods other times. And maybe even just seeing that in ourselves and realizing, hey, um, this is true for me too, right? Like I went through a huge phase uh, a few years ago, barbecue chicken pizza. I like didn't want any other kind of pizza. It's all I wanted was barbecue chicken pizza. And it came into my life and then it left my life. And now I haven't ordered it, ordered it or made it in years. And it's just kind of one of those things that falls into grace and then falls out of grace. And our taste buds do change as we grow. So knowing that that's certainly true. Um, But in this situation, obviously coming from a position of already having a picky eater, probably already having limited numbers of foods. And in this situation, it sounds like I didn't have the full context, but it sounds like this is a situation where safe food is being dropped, but nothing is being picked up in its place. And that's really where I try to get my table talkers to a place of, okay, 
safe foods might fall off the list eventually, but we're also picking up new foods. And the hope, especially towards the end of Table Talk or working together, is that they're picking up and adding new foods faster than foods are dropping off. Um, And that's kind of the evolution of it, right? And so in these situations, a lot of times the reason behind dropping that food is important for us to try to clue into if we can. So in this question specifically, Diana, you said, I don't know why. So I don't know how long it's been since your son ate broccoli the last time, but if you can try to kind of transport yourself back there and think through what were the circumstances around um, this meal or broccoli in general and kind of ask yourself a few different questions. One was, is there a chance that he got burnt out on it? Especially with vegetables, I find that a lot of parents out of absolute love and want for their child to get enough, you know, nutrients and vitamins and minerals, we tend to serve the same vegetables over and over again as their safe food because we know that vegetables are good for us, right? And our kids need vegetables. And if they're only willing to have a small handful of vegetables, it makes sense that we serve these foods often. The truth of the matter is, just like adults, kids can get burnt out on these foods. And once they get burnt out, they do tend to drop this safe food and it it becomes a little bit harder to come back to. Not impossible. And again, I kind of want you to ask yourself these questions like my barbecue chicken pizza situation. I ate it all the time. I really feel like I burned myself out on it. And now it's been years since I've picked it back up, but certainly it's a food that I would be willing to eat here or there. So just kind of put yourself in that situation and see, okay, if it was true that they burned themselves out on it, what can we do going forward? And if that's the case that you feel like it's a burnout situation, absolutely, I would pause offering it. Don't stop, but pause. Maybe give it, you know, I would say minimum of two weeks waiting for that food to appear again, and then try to present it again and then start serving it regularly like you would any other food. So remember, this used to be a safe food. So it's off our safe food list, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be serving it because the guaranteed number one way, 100% of the time, that we can guarantee our kids won't eat the food is if we don't serve it, right? And so it is important to bring this safe food back around and continue to offer it regularly. That being said, I have had success with parents in my Table Talk program and um, in general working with them that when they do invite that food back in at the table, they do it in a different way. So hypothetically in the situation, let's say he was accepting of steamed broccoli and you made it steamed all the time. When you bring that food back around after a quick little pause, especially again, if this is due to burnout, maybe bringing it back in roasted or mixed in with mac and cheese or, you know, raw with a dip of ranch or something like that. So coming at it from a new perspective, a new flavor, something that brings out and enhances the broccoli in a different way might be helpful for the first time back. Um, So it doesn't kind of spark memories of the food that was kind of burnt out because it's going to taste and maybe even look a little bit different. So in the situation of burnout, those are my tips for you to kind of start with. There's other reasons why safe foods fall off the list. So number one is that they are becoming pickier and pickier and getting more and more selective, in which case I would recommend that you seek support. Number one, of course, with my Table Talk program, which is specifically designed to help extremely picky eaters, 
try new foods and become more comfortable with new foods and expand their safe food list. And not only do that, but also teach you how to handle these situations. Um, so that's a great place to start. And then of course, um, feeding therapy, talking to your pediatrician, all of those can be excellent resources as well. Um, so we might see it that way. The other kind of reason why this might happen is because a food was presented and something was off. So for example, this has happened to my kids around fruit sometimes. You guys probably know by now that my kids are fruit mongers. They will eat any piece of fruit in any form that's put in front of them almost without fail. I mean, truly my kids both just truly love fruit, specifically my son. And I remember we went through a period of time where he wouldn't eat blueberries and I thought it was really weird. I was like, you love blueberries. I put them on your plate. I can hardly afford to keep up with your demand on blueberries. And um, I remember the day that it happened. At the end of his meal, I picked up a blueberry and ate it. And you guys, no joke, it tasted like dirt. It tasted like someone had injected the blueberry with dirt. It was gritty. It was just kind of gross tasting. And here I am, being the mom that I am, sparing myself of the blueberries to give more to my children. Meanwhile, it tastes like dirt. And I had no idea because I didn't taste it myself. And so this is just kind of a good reminder that when we are serving foods, here's the thing. I'm not saying serve the exact same food the exact same way. Make sure nothing is astray, you know, in broccoli situation, like always have it steamed. We actually do want to encourage changes in the way that we present foods, whether it's with a dip or it's roasted or steamed or baked or mixed in or cut small or cut big or whatever that looks like. We want the normal to be changed. Does that make sense? We want them to expect change all the time. When we get into a rut, that's where we can really kind of propel picky eating forward. So that being said, we don't want to keep things the same every time. However, in a situation like this, where the blueberry tasted like dirt, it makes sense why he was hesitant to put it in his mouth the next time, right? Why he stopped eating it in that moment and why the next few times that I served blueberries, he was really hesitant and he didn't even eat any of them. And this is a normal response to having a bad experience with a food. So again, if we put ourselves in this situation, let's say we went to our favorite restaurant, ordered our favorite meal and found a bug in it we would probably not order that meal the next time we went there, right? And that's just like, we may not even go to the restaurant. And that's just out of human nature, really. And so this is just important to remember that our kids are the same as us. So we do everything we can that's within our control to help them set them up for success. This is a huge pillar that I teach inside Table Talk that you might even hear me talk about on Instagram a lot, is setting them up for success. But that doesn't mean completely catering to them. And so really paying attention to, okay, if uh, Diana, you're able to transport yourself back to the last time that he did eat broccoli, was there something different about it? You know, what what happened or or what experience do you think that he experienced that may have turned him off from this food? Again, we can't control everything. We shouldn't have to. We don't want to keep things the same every time. But it is important to remember like a positive eating experience truly is one of the best ways that we can set our kids up for success. So in these times of having a little one reject a food because one little thing was off or didn't taste quite right or it was cooked, you know, maybe it was a little overcooked, maybe it was a little undercooked. What we would want to do in this situation is to continue to offer it. Yes, it's a bummer and 100% we can grieve the fact that this food is no longer a safe food, but we want to continue and regularly offer the food 
um, in a way that set the, sets them up for success. And really quick, one of the best tips to do this is to change up the way that the food was presented or get them to have hands-on experience with it in some sort of positive way, whether that's at the table, they help serve it or put it on their plate, or they pick out the head of broccoli at the grocery store, or um, also the way that we serve it. So when we are cutting up the broccoli, maybe we make it really small and we call it baby broccoli, or we find different sizes and we say, look, this is the mommy broccoli and this is the baby broccoli. My kids love that when we put like human attributes to food my kids are obsessed human or dinosaur either way goes pretty well for my kids so um, something like that would be really helpful in creating more of a positive experience with that food again Um, but again here's what I will recommend not to do please avoid harping on them or making them feel guilty or comparing them to them earlier So saying something along the lines of, why aren't you eating your broccoli? You loved it yesterday. Or broccoli is so good for you. Don't you want to be good? Don't you want to be healthy? All these sorts of things. We don't want to play into it and make it this bigger deal than it really is. I know that it feels like a big deal right now that they have dropped broccoli, but it will be a bigger deal if we harp on it, if we try to guilt them, if we try to bribe them, pressure them into eating it again, because this will have them dig in their heels and truly just get pickier um, versus really having a more like calm and cool approach, which I know is harder said than done or harder done than said, I should say. Um, But really letting them kind of experience it, trying to set them up for success and taking a more backseat approach and letting their bodies be the guides while still being in charge of what foods are being offered. Um, If you want to take this one step further, I highly recommend checking out the Table Talk program. This is where I walk you through not only the foundational kind of structures to have in your home, but then the strategies to layer on top that really will work because the foundation is there. And there's a lot that goes into picky eating. And unfortunately, it's deeper than we all think and can take a little bit more rewiring of our own brain. Um, Actually, just like the written review, kind of full circle here, that it really does have to do a lot with our own mindset about food, our own mindset about health and our body. And really paying attention to how that's then falling on our kids and the anxieties and the worries that go along with um, the fact that they're no longer eating broccoli. And when the fear is there that they're never going to eat broccoli again, a lot of times our default, mostly because of how we were raised, is to pressure them into eating the broccoli again, which we know from the research and from this podcast that pressure doesn't work. In fact, it makes pick eating worse and last longer. So we can do what we can control within our wheelhouse to help this phase go by quickly. So Diana, I hope that answers your question. You are not alone. And I hope you all picked up something helpful and useful from this episode. Thanks so much for being here and I will catch you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're walking away with some tangible ways to bring peace to your mealtimes. And if you like this episode, please subscribe and tell all your mom friends. And as always, the best compliment you can give me is leaving a rating and written review, which also helps other mamas like you find this podcast too. You can find more from me on Instagram at Nutrition for Littles. Do you have a question you'd like me to answer on the podcast? Email me at alyssa at nutritionforlittles.com. All right, until next time, mamas. Thank you.